Welcome to Tracy Cochran's weekly guided meditation at the Hudson River Sangha. Tracy's teachings are given freely. If you'd like to support the teacher and the Sangha, please visit Tracy's website at tracycochran.org. There you'll find ways to donate, and any contribution will be welcome. Enjoy the guided meditation. So happy to be with you tonight. And it might be afternoon where you are, or late. It's good to be together. So I'm curious as we prepare to begin. And this isn't a question you have to raise your hand or answer to, but if anybody here has some suffering today, and any kind, it could be some anxiety about something coming up, it could be a physical pain, it could be some question that isn't resolved, it could be a depression, it could be any, any flavor, and it could be a great suffering or just a mild state of unease. And I just invite you to notice if that's present today, any suffering at all. And to just gently consider the possibility that this suffering might actually be calling to you. This might be the call to this day we call awakening. And I'm not asking you to instantly agree. It might seem outlandish to you, but just entertain that idea. And you don't have to entertain it extravagantly. You don't have to bring hors d'oeuvres or offer champagne. Just, just make space for the possibility that suffering is actually the way to a greater aliveness, a greater happiness. You can perceive it in different ways at different times, a greater freedom. And I just invite you, invite all of us, including me, to notice that there's ever a tendency in us when suffering is present, when, what happens? This tendency to, to reach out, to reach outward for some escape, some solution, something to ease it, something to take the edge off, and to help us understand that something outside. That's the impulse. The attention goes out. At least I felt that to be true. And consider the truth that Krishnamurti, the great spiritual teacher, once said, you can travel the entire world. You really can. 
And now, apparently, if you have enough money, you can shoot into space, too, for 10 minutes or so. You can travel the whole world, and in the end, you have to come back yourself. You do. Or wherever you go, you find yourself there. So what are we to do? So there can come a moment, and this is the gift of the practice. When we discover that our deepest fear, or certainly one of them, is that this suffering will never change. And then it's quite extraordinary. It's like when when something happens that causes real grief or real pain or real confusion, you can check this out for yourself. One of the biggest components of our suffering is that this won't change. This is it. And this underlying assumption that the darkest place is the most real or something. This is the bottom floor of the elevator. This is it. And I've been punching buttons all my life to stay up above it. So the, the, the secret of this practice, and there is a secret, is, and you can taste it just for a moment, is that our suffering only doesn't change when we run away from it, when we try to flee it. In those moments when we're feeling just brave enough or reckless enough or desperate enough to just be still and feel and sense with curiosity and kindness, we discover that this thing that we call suffering changes. And it isn't just change, change. There's a vibrancy to it, and not vibrancy in the sense of being some obnoxious positivity that we adopt, but a feeling of life, of being, being with life, being with it, being present dropping into ourselves, stopping our endless pursuit of escape, relief. And we discover that when we can be present to what presents itself, including all kinds of past selves. And I do want to offer you the caveat that the farther you go in practice, the more you're going to encounter people you used to be. <laughs> and they're not all nice. No. And you're going to be invited to meet them with this attention or this Sometimes the best we can muster is an intention 
to be kind, to be curious. And as we meet them with this attention, we discover a greater freedom. And I just wanted to read a couple of lines from the great poem, The Layers by Stanley Kunitz. I have walked through many lives, some of them my own, and I am not who I was, though some principle of being abides from which I struggle not to stray. Some principle. It means don't think about it too much. Don't crystallize it. You allow that there is some wish, some yearning, and some knowing that you can make space. You can make a space that's compassionate and attentive and allowing for the experience then that comes up with you, whether it's pain or grief or rage or joy or confusion or sorrow, every kind of suffering, you can let it be touched by a greater awareness. And it's this action of allowing, of being willing to be seen, that transforms. So, you know, I, I really want to stress again and again that this practice that we're engaged in is about something real, something organic in us. It's not the property of any one tradition or religion. In fact, I read a great quote today from Richard Rohr, the great contemplative priest, I don't know how he would describe himself, where he said, religion is a very good way to escape God. Or we could say, awareness. And in the Buddhist tradition, there are admonitions not to get too attached to forms, to practices, to rituals, to remember that this is always about something that's greater and more real, more direct, than can be put into words. And it's the property of all of us. So I happen to remember that in the book of Hebrews, Abraham, great patriarch who is not a Buddhist, pretty sure of that, said to Sarah to don't forget to be hospitable to everybody who appears because some who have done so have entertained angels unaware. Many of us know this, but I invite you to consider that this means you, within you, within you. That as we practice together, learning moment by moment to make space, to meet whoever comes, whatever stranger or unwanted visitor 
from the deep past, some unbecoming memory of something we've done that hurts or that we regret or unfinished. As we learn to just touch that with an attention that refuses to reject, that's curious and open and loving, we just might discover that that part that hurts, that part that holds suffering, might actually also hold goodness, a capacity to be here, to be alive, a wish to help, to be present. So our work is to just make space, being completely patient with ourselves, that our only rigid, not rigid, but, but consistent intention be to be kind to ourselves, to be interested in our experience, to come home to the sensation of being present and be willing to be seen by an awareness greater than our thinking. So let's take our, our seat. And that means bring the attention home. Let your back be as straight as you can comfortably be. You can, some people have injuries, they can lie down. Lying down meditation was one of the forms the Buddha taught, so it's not like it's an inferior form or a compromise. It can be a very good way to practice. So sitting up straight, being at ease, let the eyes close unless you're driving, and please don't. Close your eyes. Just bring the attention to the body. And just notice how it feels to be here today. And notice that there is an awareness here already. There's nothing that needs to be achieved. It's here. And notice that this awareness can go anywhere. There may be tension or pain. Without striving or insisting just to be with that tension or pain. Or you may wish to bring the attention to the feet on the floor or the hands in the lap, some very simple and direct point of focus. And just let yourself rest in this awareness 
the stillness. It's not silence. It's not a perfect state of any kind. It's simply softening. Letting ourselves be just like this. Let everything happen to you. And notice that thoughts can arise and feelings can bubble up or grip you or pictures or impulses. And that there is an awareness that can be with this. With kindness and allowing. And notice how it feels to be resting in stillness, in presence with other people, not physically present with you, but knowing you are not alone. And notice how it feels to remember that you are being seen by an awareness that isn't thinking and commenting, simply being with, simply seeing with kindness spaciousness.
And if you become lost in thinking or overwhelmed by feeling, notice that you can gently come back to the sensation of feet on the floor, hands in the lap, present in a body in this moment with an intention to be kind. Notice how it feels to be completely welcome, completely acceptable. Every impulse, every part. Notice how it feels to rest in stillness, in presence. Everything acceptable, the going away and the coming back. And 
you soften as you open. Notice the vibrancy inside you. The feeling of aliveness. Of presence. Notice that this presence isn't a void or an absence. It's as if we're being fed by attention, by being seen. Notice how it feels to be completely acceptable just like this. The whole landscape of you. Nothing to change. Nothing to conceal.
Just let yourself sink into sensation as you experience it today. of all striving. Just letting yourself be seen with kindness, curiosity, spaciousness. Notice how it feels to rest in this stillness. Notice how alive it is. And you are.
is that there is a light and a warmth inside you that's free, open. When you don't know where to go or what to do, just come home, back to the body, back to the present, back to an awareness that sees with kindness and acceptance and love. so much for your practice, your presence. And this is a space where we can hear your observations about practice or your questions. So please feel free to speak. say one other really interesting to notice the thing to notice is that as we learn to soften towards ourselves and I like that word soften because it's not as strenuous as any action just letting things be letting ourselves be accepted 
with loving kindness, we begin to shine that light out to other people too. So that, you know, there's so much anguish we feel about what's happening in the world and and Ukraine and and we can right here, wherever we happen to be, we have an opportunity to look at somebody else with kindness, with kind eyes, to really look at them, to really listen to them for the moment, to smile at them. Some of us heard a story the other night about someone in the depths of despair, vividly remembering someone looking at her and smiling. And how transforming and opening that was. So it's always a two-way practice. I'll be quiet now so you can speak. Hi, Tracy. Hi. So during today's um, sit, I had um, all of a sudden it came to me something I did probably about 20 years ago where I was I was just a, a screaming banshee. I was so I my my anger was out of control and um, I flash back on that. And it's just I, I still I get. Um, so upset and react to it and I don't want to think about it so as you said I tried to push it away but I thought no wait let me step back why think about it a little bit why why is this bothering me you know and then maybe I can come to some kind of um terms with it or or not have it I you know you can still feel the anxiety build up in your stomach right in the pit of your stomach but so that was very helpful I think you you touched on that a little bit so I actually tried that and and I thought about it a bit and um, it, it kind of eased off it mollified it somewhat so thank you yeah well thank you for sharing that and remember and and this applies to all of us in our efforts that. The, the practice is almost always simpler than we think. The, we practice coming home to sensation in the body, to a sense of being present. And then when these disturbing things arise, and they arise in all of us, it, we can notice every part of it, including the contraction against it. Ooh, I don't want to, I don't want this to be here. I want to push it away. And in the most basic way from the body. And um, someone reminded me the other day that we can also like, in a, if it's helpful, you can just think in terms of like fight, flight, freeze, or, you know, the other ones, you know, fawn, faint, that you can feel in the body when you're fighting something. You can feel when you have an impulse to run away. You can feel when you're freezing or you want to space out 
or in whatever form that might take, running to the refrigerator or picking up a drink. And just let yourself feel that reactivity and include that in your kind observation. So that our practice is always to open, to, to settle down, come home to the body, then open. That's the broadest definition of mindfulness, that's wide open. So we're including in this warm-hearted, accepting attention, all the, not just the thing that comes up that we want to escape, but our reaction against it. Does that make sense? And so we're, the effort is endlessly to allow all the layers. And it's so interesting then. It becomes just so interesting to watch ourselves and keep bringing this medicine of compassion, compassionate seeing. And it settles us down. Um, so Susan here, hi. Hi Susan. Um, I um I guess it's I guess I'm just wanting to find out um from you. I mean I'm really in a space in my life to be listening to what's my truth and what's right for me. And so I was in this place where it got to be 5:30 and I was still uh, working on a recipe that I needed to continue to finish. It was just too too tight of a day. And I said to myself, I'm going to be mindfully meditating in this awake with my eyes open and attending to the cooking and this and that. And it was really interesting. And I felt like, uh oh, I'm doing something bad. You know, I'm rebelling. But I did feel like the more I can listen and give myself permission to just be human, um, the better off I am. Is that, is that, in your estimation, a way to look at this? I think those are words to live by, Susan. <laughs> the more we can give ourselves permission to be human, the more it awakens us. And you can see, you could taste, you experienced for yourself, which is what insight is, that the difference between feeling like practice is something exterior that requires, I have to sit on a zafu, and I have to be in a particular kind of silent space, and seeing that, no, the practice is really coming home to what's happening with interest and with kindness. So, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. The other thing I, is that I really had to continue to, um, to just watch, you know, like here I am, I'm moving around or I'm putting this there and that. And it was, um, there was a difference. There's a qualitative difference to, to having the mindfulness attention to doing things like that oh, yeah it's it's a huge shift to um to be mindful to really be present and not just captured by a single part like thinking or grip by feeling or be present in the body 
Yeah, that's beautiful. And I just wanted to um, say, you know, we're again to emphasize that compassion, which is such a key part of this practice, and it's a key part of this awareness that we seek. It doesn't mean to flee from suffering or to instantly fix it. You know, you've heard me say that many times. So, um, and many of us have been very, um, we're suffering a great deal about what we see happening in Ukraine. So um, I, I wanted to invite someone here, one of our friends, Kent, who um, knows someone who has found a way to help and to tell us about it. And it might be something that we can do together at some point. So um, Kent, would you like to um, describe what your friend's doing? Sorry, it took me some time to unmute. Yeah, he, my, my friend is a, had been moved by actually a film called Maidan, which I saw many years ago, which is about the Maidan revolution in 2014 in the Ukraine. And he thought very, he, he's, a, he's an activist and he had thought very clearly about what he could do that would be actually useful as opposed to just sending money off somewhere and you know not knowing. And he decided, he and his wife, Ricky, that um, uh, an armored ambulance would actually be of great value. Um, and he got in contact with a doctor named Gennady Gruzhenko, um, who operates a mobile hospital in the Ukraine called the Pirogov First Volunteer Mobile Hospital. And um, he, they went over, you know, various models. And there's one that I think that he, he found a company um, in the United Arab Emirates that manufactures them. And then, you know, a way to get it driven from there to Turkey and from Turkey to the, to the border of Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera. So what he's been doing is working on starting a GoFundMe page. Um, it's... Uh, easy to understand that GoFundMe is extremely wary of people coming to them um, with schemes that turn out to be false um, with scams. And so he's gone through a lot of waiting with them um, and back and forth. But I think that the issues are going to be ironed out by early in the week. So I think what I'll do is I'll send you, Tracy, the, the information with, with the link. And if anyone wants to, is moved to contribute, it's, I wanted to share it because it just, it's something that's concrete and that is obviously needed under the circumstances. Yeah, thank you. And, and so this would be for um, like a kind of mobile hospital for civilians who are wounded in Ukraine and also something that we can do together if we wish as the Hudson River Sangha, not en masse, but um, you know, just keeping in mind, you know, the first of all, this is a very practical and useful and helpful thing that we can do. And second of all, in terms of our own practice, that we're not seeking to escape suffering, we're not seeking to fix, we're not seeking to, you know, be Superman or Superwoman, but we're joining with 
each other as we do when we sit. And we're opening our hearts and sharing our suffering in a way that is vibrant and useful with the people of Ukraine and those who are seeking to help. So thank you, Ken. Sound good? Sounds good. Sounds good. I think that the company, his unit actually lost an ambulance recently. You know, so oh. the armored um, portion of this is extremely important. So thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So, you know, it's just so, it's so helpful to know um, for all of us and including our personal suffering. We're not here to rank suffering and say, oh, I have no right to suffer because I'm not losing my home and in conditions of war. But to realize that this really, really is a practice of opening, of opening, to vibrate with, to, that's what compassion means, to, to resonate with. And forgive me if some of you have heard this before, but I remember um, uh, right after um, the attack on the World Trade Center, I went to a, a, a fundraising party for one of my, one of the many wonderful people I've learned from, Gallic Rinpoche. And, um, and they had different performers, and one of them was um, Patti Smith, some of you know, the rocker. Very cool. And she stood up and she was heartbroken because she had recently lost her husband, I think. And she said that the people that organized this event, I think it was Allen Ginsberg, who said, well, you can sit at home and be privately heartbroken, or you can turn that heartbreak outward and share it with all of us. The, the vibrancy of it, the energy of it. Saturday came. I remember she sang a lullaby to the people of New York. It was quite beautiful and like also really rocked. So the what we're doing here is giving ourselves permission, as Susan said, to be fully human and to let that be seen. And especially by this awareness, this presence, that we touch our moments to come out of isolation and hiding. So I'll stop. I welcome your questions or comments. My cup kind of overflowed there. Can I inject like a bit of tininess in some of these huge ideas with Ukraine and I mean all that in you know deeply trouble. I mean my my family was originally all from Ukraine, but they they got out in the early 20th century. But anyway, um you mentioned smiling <laughs> and in my daily my daily being in, in kind of constantly suffering over the last two years of incredible anxiety 
practice of learning to smile has been so important because I do a lot of walking in the woods and sometimes, you know, because I'm often by myself and there's fear, like I'm an old lady with gray hair and here's some guy and the practice of connecting and smiling is so powerful. It is incredibly powerful. Like it's just this, I, I, I've just had, you know, it just changes the relationship of my self in my fear to being a human with other humans and it's 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 like a tiny slice it's not this huge thing about pay for an ambulance but it's a tiny thing in daily life that i found so potent and so i i don't even have the right words i'm sorry but i'll see a runner and i'll go good morning or hot and I just smile sometimes I don't even say anything but yeah. smiling and it's um it's an important tool it is important and you don't even have to make eye contact with everybody in case <laughs> it's not it's not always addressing everyone it's not always the best idea in new, I was in New York on the subway once with somebody who lived in a part of the country they call the granola bowl <laughs> and she was beaming and making eye contact with everybody on the subway car which was making them extremely <laughs> nervous and uncomfortable so we can smile like even inwardly and Thich Han called it mouth yoga an inner smile that's that's beautiful <laughs> and um I just wanted to stop a little bit early so we can close with a little bit of meta for uh, like just sit together for a couple of minutes again to come back to like attention to presence. If you're um, able to sit up as straight as you can or otherwise make yourself comfortable and picture yourself in the center of a circle, great circle. So we're sitting, taking our noble posture, as Buddha called it, in the center of a circle, and with an attitude of great softness, we're welcoming everybody in the circle. It can also include ourselves at other ages and other states at other times. And you don't have to think of it, just make space for it. And out and out to include your loved ones and this community right here, your Sangha. And out and out, your city, your state, your province, your country. Out and out, the whole world, knowing there's suffering everywhere. 
always keeping sensation on your feet, your hands coming back to it, remembering that you too are in the circle. And offering the wish to yourself and to everyone, every being, every part, every age of you, every person, out and out and out, every being, plants and animals, all those who suffer and all those who seek to help. And we offer the wish, putting our hands in our heart space, remembering to come from the center of ourselves. The wish, may we all be free from suffering, from danger, from harm, inner kinds of harm and outer harm and danger. May we all find refuge, help, accompaniment. May all beings everywhere be as well as they can be given their causes and conditions. May all beings everywhere live with ease, openness, open to the unexpected in the best way. May all beings everywhere without exception ultimately be free of all suffering. Thank you. Thank you so much for your practice. Thank you so much for your presence. Thank you so much for your generosity. Those of you who give donations know how appreciated it is, how much I thank you. And take good care of yourself. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you, everybody. Thank you.